Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Sully Baseball Daily, the podcast we talk about baseball 365 days a year, unless it's a leap year. Then we're going to do another one. I've been doing this every single day since October 24th, 2012, and today's date is Sunday, the 19th day of February, 2017. Wow, is that right? And I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording this from a Sully Baseball studio in Palo Alto, California, the birthplace of Oakland A's manager Bob Melvin, and just down the 101 from AT&T Park, the home of the San Francisco Giants. Uh, the other night, I was uh, I occasionally go on a little Twitter rampage, especially when I have trouble sleeping. And, uh, and I don't, look at, the way that people's Twitter timelines are set up these days. I know my mother is, is listening to this right now and she's like, why do people go on Twitter? Well, it's a fun way to communicate. Hell, I would not have found many of the people who are, you know, have interacted here on the Sully Baseball Daily Podcast if it wasn't for the Twitterverse. I like Twitter. But unfortunately, one of the things that's happened over the last you know, bunch of years is there's been obviously a lot of divisiveness in the country and you get to see a lot of people get angry about things, a lot of things politically, some things socially, some things spiritually, some things racially, some things, you know, in terms of religion. And I, I, I try my best to not get into the nastiness on the Sully Baseball Twitter handle. There's been sometimes I've had a few arguments with some people. Uh, in, it sometimes dips a little into politics. I, I, I try not to do that. I try to be politically neutral. And Sometimes I get a sense of we can do things that make you feel good on Twitter. I can I did a thing a, a few weeks ago where I'm gonna take a sip of water. Your pal Sully's had a little bit of a sore throat. You can probably hear it. My voice is a little uh, froggier than than normal. I posted a picture for each one of the thirty teams. And actually, I put 31 because I included a picture for the Montreal Expos of a team celebration. Whether it was a World Series title, a division title, uh, a walk-off hit in the postseason, something big where there's a big pile. You know, like I had, um, and, and not all of them were the obvious ones. You know, there was, I had Ryan Sandberg celebrating the... Cubs winning the division title in 1984. I had Dave Stapleton catching the ball to end the Dave Henderson game in 1986. You know, there was a couple other ones. What was the one I had for the Mets? Oh, the Mets was, I actually really liked the one I found for the Mets was uh, a picture of after the Mets clinched the division in 1973, uh, Willie Mays getting a champagne bath from his teammates. And it was a really, it was a great picture. And I did for all 30 teams. So no matter what team you follow, whether you're a Yankee fan, Red Sox fan, Tampa Bay Ray fan, Marlin fan, Diamondback fan, Angels fan, Giants fan, no matter what team you root for, that there would be something that related to your team that you could see and say, oh, yeah, I remember that. Or, oh, that's great to see. So basically, so, and, and I did, I kind of piled one right after another. So if you're following my timeline and, and, and you're following people and it's getting vitriolic, and it's getting angry, here's a bunch of 
really fun moments of baseball players happy, fans cheering, you know, mob at home plate or mob on the pitcher's mound. And there was the one I had from the Dodgers where there was uh, the walk-off hit to win the pennant in 78 where there were two mobs, one going uh, at home plate and the other going at second base. So it was kind of, you know, anarchy on the field that you could enjoy that in the sea of negativity. Well, the other day, as I had trouble sleeping with my cough, I went on one of these uh, jags here, and I was going to BaseballReference.com, and I was trying to figure out who the best player for each franchise was. And I used stats, but as you'll see, there's also a little emotion and stats combined for some of my picks. Some were very easy to figure out and some weren't for the greatest of all time. Now, I want to say one thing before I get going here. I'm not ready to have greatest of all time, the acronym GOAT. I'm, I'm not ready to embrace that yet because my whole life, GOAT represented something bad in sports. You're the GOAT. Donnie Moore was the GOAT. Grady Little was the GOAT. It's short for scapegoat. And that suddenly it's taken a completely different turn. It's, you know, it, it's, it's suddenly upside down and it now means the best. You know, it's like, it's like, we're, it's like we're creating like super unbelievable excellence. S-U-X. Red Sox sucks. You know, I mean, like suddenly that turned into something. So my instinct when I heard someone saying "goat," Tom Brady is the goat of the Super Bowl. I'm like, oh, what did he do? Did he throw an interception? No, he pulled off the greatest upset of all time or the greatest comeback of all time. Then why is he the goat? He's the greatest of all time. I'm not ready to do that yet. Goat has a very specific meaning to me as a sports fan, but that's also me being an old fart. So I'll just keep saying greatest player in such and such history. And I, I, I phrased it that way because there were some where if you look statistically, there were some teams that had them really up, you know, bunched close. And there were some where I thought like, well, do you know what? This person may have had the best stats, but this person is comparable with their stats and has some other very major quality to them in terms of their performance and in terms of their uh, legacy for the team. And I did that for all 30 teams and I included a YouTube clip, not a picture, but a YouTube clip that you can click on and see a highlight. It was like, you know, Tony Gwynn's uh, basically pennant winning double in 1984 was one or the uh, <clears throat> Ricky Henderson home run in the World Series was another. So, and I did those for all 30 for the purpose of having something positive on Twitter and also, you know, spark a debate or two. You know? This is not saying I have statistically proven this. This is just me at night typing crap on Twitter. Now, I, I want to, one of the responses kind of got me bristled a little bit from a guy named Alan Davis. I don't know Alan Davis. I'm sure he's a great guy and everything like that. But he responded to two of them. Uh, he said, wrong regarding... Roberto Clemente, try Honus Wagner. And then about 
Pete Rose for the Reds and said, wrong again, try Johnny Bench. And I'm making this a de facto Sunday request because I'm maybe responding to this a little bit. No, it's not wrong. It's my take. You are, you are very capable of doing your own 30 in a row like that. And that there was a reason why I lean towards one player or another. It's not that I'm wrong. It's the value that I personally gave it. So let's just go through this a little bit here. Um, the first one I did was greatest player in Padres history, Tony Gwynn. I think that's tough to argue against, isn't it? I mean, Tony Gwynn, are we, gonna, are we fine with Tony Gwynn as the greatest Padre of all time? I know there's some people who have, <clears throat> excuse me, belittled Tony Gwynn a little bit because he didn't get as many walks or said that, you know, Tim Raines is actually uh, a better offensive player than Tony Gwynn, which I don't think is really insulting. I think to, you know, Tim Raines is a great offensive player. But I think in Padres history, I think we'll be fine with Tony Gwynn. Uh, greatest player in Diamondbacks history, Randy Johnson. Now, I picked Randy Johnson because of what he meant to the championship. It turns out that, as I said, I have no idea how to calculate war. It turns out he has the highest war in Diamondbacks history, so you sabermetrician should be happy with that pick. I think before long, Paul Goldschmidt will probably surpass Randy Johnson because I think that you know maybe you can make the argument that a regular, you know, an everyday player should be should have that title over a pitcher. Um, I don't know. Randy Johnson's an exceptional pitcher, so I, I don't know if that's going to be hundred percent true or not. But I think right now, um, I'm I'm fine with that. Uh, greatest player in Rockies history, Todd Helton, um, only because Larry Walker had a big chunk of his career in Montreal and finished off in St. Louis. Um, that's the thing that separated from me. I think this is just the greatest player in that team's history. Uh, greatest player in San Francisco Giants history and in Giants history altogether, uh, Willie Mays. Come at me. Right now. Argue that one. And I'm a huge Barry Bonds fan. But come at me if you have a problem with that one. Um, now, the one I found interesting and one that I felt would probably elicit a little bit of controversy was the greatest Dodger of all time. I said Jackie Robinson. Uh, statistically, you could probably make the case for Don Drysdale uh, or Pee Wee Reese or Duke Snyder. Um, it, you, I don't think you can make the case for Sandy Koufax because he cut his career short. If he pitched for three or four more years, I think Sandy Koufax would have this title. Uh, I think Jackie's numbers are at least comparable to Pee Wee's, at least comparable to Duke Snyder's. Uh, it really came down to Don Drysdale and Jackie Robinson. And I think the impact that Robinson had on the history of the franchise and in the history of the world, I think put that over Drysdale, whose major impact was appearing on the Brady Bunch. Yeah, there's a little bit of subjectivity to this, but do you know what? These are not binding. You cannot use these in a court of law. These are tweets I wrote at 2 o'clock in the morning. Um, next one I had. Now, this one was an interesting one. It's the greatest player in athletics history. I said Ricky Henderson. Now, I think statistically you could point to Eddie Plank or Jimmy Fox or maybe even Lefty Grove uh, in this position. Uh, and Ricky would be right up there as well. Uh, I picked Ricky because, A, I wanted to have an Oakland athletic in there, not a Philadelphia athletic. 
Uh, but also because I have a hard time leaning towards a player who played pre-integration because of the talent pool was so shallow before integration that you almost it's almost not apples to apples. Uh, and so I, I lean more towards someone who played against the best competition, which Eddie Plank and Lefty Grove did not. Uh, and I feel no shame in putting Ricky Henderson at that title, who I think is one of the great players I ever saw. <clears throat> this one was interesting. Next one was greatest angel player of all time. I said Mike Trout. Now, am I jumping the gun? Someone said, uh, it's a little too early to say Mike Trout, of which I say, who am I snubbing then? If you just want to be a sabermetrician, the only angel player in history who has a higher war total than Mike Trout is Chuck Finley. And I think it's safe to say that Trout will pass him there. I think he's the most talented player to ever come on. He's already been, he's already a multiple MVP winner. He could probably have as many as four or five MVPs already at this point. He's the best player in baseball and has done it for half a decade at that level. That, to me, is more impressive than Chuck Finley's career, who had a fine career. He did. He had a fine career. Mike Trout is a generational player and has walked the walk for half a decade. He's halfway to the Hall of Fame. I don't mind snubbing Chuck Finley a little bit to honor Trout. Uh, greatest player in Astros history. I mean, to me, you, you flip a coin between BGO or Bagwell. I pick Bagwell. If you like BGO, that's fine. It's up to you. Greatest player in Mariners history, Ken Griffey Jr. It probably would have been A-Rod if he stuck around and stayed healthy and juiced up. But Griffey Jr. was the greatest player I ever saw play live, and I have no problem putting him on there. Um, greatest Ranger of all time. This one was weird because you had a bunch of players who had really strong spurts. A-Rod had, what, his three or four years in Texas where they was brilliant. Uh, Juan Gonzalez had a big spurt. Jeff Burroughs had a big spurt. Uh, Josh Hamilton had a spurt. You know, there, there was that, that person who had the long, and, and Nolan Ryan had three or four really great years. But, you know, his best years were probably, I mean, when you're talking about greatest angel of all time, the only one that really made me pause was Nolan Ryan. Do I include him? And I said, no, I'm going to go with Trout. You know, Ryan spent, had too many of his great years with both the Astros and the Mets. It was kind of all split up. Um, and I couldn't give it to Ryan, so I gave it to Pudge Rodriguez who did it with his bat and did it with his arm and, you know, and all the other stuff. And so, I mean, if you disagree with me on that one, uh, let me know who I snubbed. Greatest player in Cubs history. Again, you could have taken, like, what, King Kelly or whoever was playing in the 19th century. Please, I'm not going down there. Um, Ron Santo, Billy Williams, Ernie Banks, those that, that trio... And eventually, it could very well be Chris Bryant when all is said and done. But I went with Ernie Banks. And believe me, if you have a problem with me saying the greatest player in Cubs history is Ernie Banks, please count to 10. Uh, greatest player in Cardinals history, I wrote Stan Musial, who I think is actually underappreciated in his career. 
I think Pujols would have had a shot to have that title if he had stayed in St. Louis. But the the legacy of what Musial did over the decades that he played in, the numbers he piled up and the championships that he won, and the fact that he was he was the equal or maybe even the better of someone like DiMaggio, he just didn't do it in New York. And he's one of the great players of all time. And again, <clears throat> someone who played the, a giant chunk of his career before integration, and yet his he stood out enough over Pujols, over Bob Gibson, to put to have him take that title from me. Now, this was one that uh, Alan Davis had a problem with. I picked Roberto Clemente over Honus Wagner. And I gave it some thought. And he said, try Honus Wagner, insinuating I hadn't, oh, I didn't even think of that. I didn't think of that. Yeah, I gave it some thought. And that was a neck and neck. This was an instance like Jackie Robinson where I felt the impact he had outside of the game added to it, and the fact that he is one of the great pirates of all time. It's not like I said Cecil Espy. It's not like I said Steve Buschel. You know, I'm not like, hey, greatest pirate of all time, Ed Ott. I said Roberto Clemente. You know, I mean, obviously, you can make a strong argument for Honus Wagner. I picked one, Clemente. If you have an issue with it, I beg you to get some therapy. Uh, Greatest brewer of all time. Again, this is a coin toss. This is a coin toss between Molitor and Yount. And I lean towards Yount, not just because he spent his whole career in Milwaukee, but also because of his position change from shortstop to center field. And, you you know, he's robbing Yount. Okay, this is the other one that Alan Davis had an issue with. Um, I said Pete Rose over Johnny Bench. This was, I must say, and where, Alan, you have a point, this was absolutely the hardest one for me to pick. It really was the closest I came to a tie was between Pete Rose and Johnny Bench. And I totally get how you can go with Bench. And I almost I almost pulled the trigger on it. And this is coming, I've done my share of criticism of Pete Rose on this podcast. So it isn't because I'm a Pete Rose apologist. Uh, I felt that what he did in the long term and the longevity of his career with the Reds, um, I think helped. In fact, he played all over the place, I think helped. But again, you can make the case that Johnny Bench was the best catcher possibly of all time and a World Series MVP and postseason hero. This was an absolute coin toss for me. Uh, and, And I could go either way. So to try Johnny Bench, the insinuation that I didn't even give it some thought is a little bananas. Uh, you know, it would have, I think it probably would have been Frank Robinson if the Reds didn't trade him. If you include what Robinson did with Cincinnati and with Baltimore, if he did that in Cincinnati, yeah, I think it would have been him. And I gave Barry Larkinson consideration as well. But I just went with Rose, and that was basically a coin toss. Uh, and I think it could go either way. Uh, someone responded that maybe it should be benched because it's uh, quality over quantity. I get it. I totally do. This was a, That was a tough pick. But you know what? I posted a bunch of these. And, you know, you can make your argument either way. Um, some people had issue with greatest twin of all time in Rod Carew, where um, Harmon Killebrew's name came up. Again, I get it. 
Puckett, I get it. I went with Carew, Hall of Famer, best hitter of his era, uh, an MVP, and did so for well over a decade in Minnesota. Uh, that's, that's where I landed with him. If you decided that you know Killebrew or Puckett were better in that aspect, again, I, I totally get it. These, not all these were easy to do, especially in the middle of the night. <clears throat> White Sox, greatest player in White Sox history, Frank Thomas. Please, please, if you have an issue with that, uh, smash your face with a snow shovel. Uh, best player in Royals history. Is there even a debate? George Brett. Uh, the greatest player in Tigers history, uh, Ty Cobb. I mean, the numbers and what he did. Uh, and someday I'll do a podcast about some of the stuff that I've been reading and wondering about whether or not his legacy of being a terrible racist is exaggerated. But he was the greatest player of his era. And his presence over the team could still be felt all these years later. You know, I mean, all due respect to Hank Greenberg and Al Kaline and Miguel Cabrera, for that matter. It's still Cobb. The interesting one, and this is going to be a topic of a podcast later this week, greatest player in Indians history, <clears throat> Napoleon Lajoie. Again, you have to be extraordinary for me to be considering you in the pre-integration era, and Napoleon Lajoie was. And there's no, like what I was saying about Mike Trout, where you're saying, like, it's too early to have him. Well, who am I snubbing? If I, who am I snubbing by picking Napoleon Lajoie? I mean, probably, I mean, you may not like to hear this. If he had stayed with the Indians, it probably would have been Manny Ramirez. Or maybe Jim Tomei if he played his entire career in Cleveland instead of hopping around between the White Sox, Twins, Baltimore, and Lord knows where else. Philadelphia, I guess, for a little bit. But it's Napoleon Lajoie. I feel completely confident calling him the greatest player in Cleveland Indians history. More on that in a future podcast. Uh, Greatest player in Braves history? This was tough. I picked Hank Aaron. It could have been Raphael Belliard. Of course it's Hank Aaron. And that's with all due respect to, you know, the Chipper Joneses and the Tom Glavins and the Greg Maddoxes of the world. It's Hank Aaron. Please. Uh, The Phillies? Mike Schmidt. Please. The Marlins was weird because in my heart, it's Miguel Cabrera. But did he do it long enough for that title? And so I decided to give it to Giancarlo Stanton. If you would rather, a couple people would say it should have been Cabrera. Again, your Twitter's free. You can do this yourself. Uh, greatest player in Mets history, I think it's safe to say Tom Seaver. Uh, because of Washington, it's not, there's no one player in Washington Nationals history I'm ready to put on this level. All due respect to Bryce Harper. So I just said greatest player in Washington, D.C. history, and that's Walter Johnson, whose name should be on a list like that. And because the franchise began in Montreal and there was such greatness there, I actually was really, this took some little bit of soul-searching, whether it should be Reigns, whether it should be Gary Carter, or whether it should be Andre Dawson. You could make a case for any one of them. I went Tim Reigns as the greatest expo of all time, but you, if you're, if like uh, Johnny Bench, you know, if you are, or then like Harmon Killebrew, if you are in the camp that disagrees with me in that, it's, trust me, I get it. I get it. Not all these were simple. Uh, greatest player in Rays history, that's Evan Lagoria. That's pretty easy. Greatest player in Blue Jays history. I think the most talented player in Blue Jays history is Roberto Alomar. 
But he only was there for five years. If he was there for longer, I think I would have picked him. So I went with Dave Steeb, who I think also had one of the most underrated careers in baseball history. He was one and done in the Hall of Fame. I think he might belong in the Hall of Fame. Or at least he should have had a debate. Uh, greatest player in Orioles history is Cal Ripken Jr. Uh, I put him over Brooks Robinson uh, and Frank Robinson and um, also Bobby Bonilla. I, don't know, I couldn't think of another uh, Oriole. And then there's the, the two big ones. Greatest player in Red Sox history, Ted Williams. Greatest player in Yankee history, Babe Ruth. I mean, seriously. I mean, there's great, great players in the history of both of those franchises. But Ruth and Williams just tower over the legacy of those two teams. And again, I can't see how anyone can have an issue with that. If you do, tell me who you would pick. But, you know, keep in mind that I have thought about this. You know, try again. Try Johnny Bench. Of course I thought of Johnny. I totally forgot Johnny Bench was on the Reds. I totally forgot that Joe Oliver was the catcher. No, I've considered it. I thought about it. You know, I'm, I'm a lunatic. I do this sort of stuff every day. I give this stuff thought. Just every once in a while, you may agree with me, you may not. Just know that I've given it some thought. So, Alan Davis and uh, Mike Ferreira and who else could talk to me? Uh, uh, Mike Fisher, 70s Baseball, all John Masterson, all these people who wrote nice things to me or debated me or, or disagreed with me. Thanks, because that's why I did it. It isn't debating whether or not Clemente was, should be over Wagner or Bench should be over Rose or Kellebrew should be over Carew. Isn't that nicer than arguing about politics and race and religion and nationality? That's why I did it. That's a healthy debate. There is a place for those other debates, but there's also a place to say, hey, look it, I just want to debate who is the better pirate. And that's what your pal Sully does. So go to sullybaseball.com, like me on Facebook, subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher, Instagram, I'm everywhere. The music is by Ted Thacker and Patrick Kaliski. Talking about the goats. Man, I just can't do it. This has been the Sully Baseball Daily Podcast for the 18th day of February 2017. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.